Yeah, all right. So we are off to a great start, Slee. And apparently we've ruffled a few feathers uh, back in the ESPN LA uh, control room. Okay. That, that both Jesse and Curtis were triggered by the uh, the option of tequila and soda, that that is not the proper thing to mix with tequila. What is it? You Correct. Figure, help me out here, fellas. So when you're drinking tequila, you're drinking it straight? Are you drinking it in margaritas? Or you're not drinking it at all? That's okay. it. So just like how about lime. how about just some lime with that some tequila good. as well, right? Well, I mean, yeah, you could that's do why that. you, you know you're drinking it with like a like a shot or like in a glass, mm-hmm. but you know with soda. Nah. I mean, so if there's pick- nothing else, then okay. But I'm not, that's not what I'm going for. And, and, are you a, and a vodka soda is ve- sounds very natural. Tequila soda does not sound natural. Yeah, no. the vodka soda sounds a lot more better. You know, throwing like a, a hint of lime in there, it's like oh, all right. I mean, I okay. probably substitute ginger beer over soda. Oh, that's not a bad idea, Curtis. Yeah. What about mm-hmm. you? I'm disappointed in everybody in this in this this show right now because the only soda you would mix with tequila is squirt, but squirt and tequila is the core of any Mexican party. It's that and water, <laughs> and I'm I just was very triggered I mean, by that. It's not I mean, wrong. I, <laughs> and if you haven't well, I, tried it, do I it. Learned, I didn't know that squirt was an essential part of Mexican drink. cuisine. It's, it's probably because they pronounce it as squirt. Oh, <laughs> that's why you got confused. Learned two things along the way. All right, let's try another phone call here. 877-710-ESPN. Next stop, Norwalk and Channing. Channing, you're up next. What's going on? What's up, fellas? Y'all been rocking with y'all for a while, so I appreciate y'all. Just, Thank you for uh, tuning hanging. in, man. Yo, so I just wanted to chime in about the LeBron James and MVP race and, you know, just the whole politics and the breakdown of that, you know. Um, I, I just think it's just crazy that, you know, they still haven't gotten together to figure out how to vote at the end of the season. You know, it should be almost a good Samaritan award based on the season. Like, who who's good up until the end of the season? When the playoffs starts, that's a whole new race. You know, because, again, it's like you can't, you can't count the fact that Giannis wins the MVP and they get knocked out in the first round. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, then, then you're not that valuable. If you can't get to the end, at least, you know, give them a runner-up. Let them get a first and second, third place, you know, you know, how much credit do you get? Well, he, you know, he was voted fifth. They're like, but does that matter? Like, no, I don't care about who was voted fifth, who won. And was it a true actual win at the end of the season? You know, they got the, the final MVP. Yes. But again, but the overall at the end of the year, no, who was the best player that contributed to get them to the end of the season? Well, Shani, we've had, we, we've had this argument before and I appreciate you calling in. Trav, I've had this. Had a couple people tell me during the week. They said, "You know, this is just a regular season award, and LeBron's only going to give eighty-five percent in the regular season." LBJ obviously has he understands how to pace himself. Playoff time is going to be different than the way he plays two months before the playoffs start. So I get all that. Completely understand that, but we don't understand how to describe the most valuable player when the most valuable player does not win the award seven years in a row. So <laughs> my, Michael Michael was saying this yesterday. Michael was saying, well, you don't think those other players were worthy of winning the award? I said, Michael, I'm not saying Giannis didn't have a good season, Steph didn't have a good season, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook. I'm not saying those guys didn't have good seasons. But if you're trying to tell me that seven years in a row there was a more valuable player than LeBron James, how are we even having the argument? It sounds so stupid to even have that argument. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I think that the problem is is that it's never been clearly defined as to what exactly the most valuable player is because oftentimes it's who had the best season statistically. Who had the who had the the season that was most fun to watch or who had the season that was 
the biggest pop that maybe we weren't expecting, right? And that's why when a guy like Giannis all of a sudden gets us like, wow, Giannis went from, hey, he's getting really good to, hey, he's outstanding, so he gets it there. That's an MOP, right? A most outstanding player, not a most valuable player, because I, I couldn't agree with you more, Slee. The V in MVP is valuable, and there isn't there there isn't an you can you can make an argument that James Harden or any of the other guys that you listed had a more outstanding season. Sure, Russell Westbrook, the triple doubles. Right, sure, mm-hmm. right. That that was a more outstanding performance than what LeBron James did. But that's not the award. The award is most valuable player, and he's the most valuable. And it's not an opinion; it's a fact. Because here's what I know: mm-hmm. LeBron James. We're not. This season's not done, so we're not going to count it. In the 17 full seasons LeBron James has played in the league, his team has gone to the finals 10 times. Mm-hmm. And in those 10 times, they've won it all four of those times. There, There's no better definition of value. And then when he leaves those teams, the Lakers, the year he got hurt, they weren't very good. When he left Miami, they weren't very good. And when he left Cleveland, they were downright dreadful. Sure. That's the, that's the definition of value. I don't understand what – I don't get the argument of – well, these other guys aren't valuable? No, but they're not as valuable. The politics part of it, and the I remember back in the Shaq days, Shaq should have been winning every year, right? I mean, Shaq, there was a point where Shaq was just, there was impossible to stop Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal, you could put him on any team, put him on the worst team, that team was going to go to the playoffs, and you know, obviously he was going to have his impact. So I'll just say that there are a lot of factors that go into the MVP, but I feel this year, much more than any other year, at least over the past few years, there's a lot of chatter about LeBron and the MVP. Like, I feel like the NBA and a lot of the media and everything, people are are pretty much kind of looking at what LeBron's doing at age 36. And it's like, how the hell do you not give it to him this year? But we'll see what happens. There's still 30 games left or so. All right, so let's change gears here a little bit. Let's go to the Dodgers because here's an interesting development. The Dodgers and Kenley Jansen are in a really tricky spot. Kenley Jansen, Slee... Hasn't been very good this this spring. He's been basically perfect. <laughs> it, it hasn't been, hey, you know what? He looks pretty good. It's not that at all. Mm-hmm. He's been perfect, essentially. Mm-hmm. He's He's put, gone out there five times. He has not given up a run. He has struck out nine guys in five innings. He's given up two hits, and he hasn't walked anybody. Yeah, I, I, You can't ask to do much more mm-hmm. than that. So – does it matter at all? Because you hear Dave Roberts talk about these things, and what he says, Kenley looks great. The ball's coming out of his hand great. His body looks great. His fitness level is great. Great. None great, of those great, things great, have great, ever great. been said about me, by the way, just to describe <laughs> me. His fitness is great. No, He looks great. Said. You know, none of that. I got a lot of, you know, if you ever got in shape, you would be blankety-blankety-blankety-blank. But that's, that's, that's another story for another day. But Dave Roberts always finishes these stories yeah. with – but it's all performance-based, mm-hmm. which tells you all you need to know, right? That he's telling Kenley Jansen, whether directly or indirectly through the media, that, look, this is all fine and dandy and spring training and stuff, but if you can't get guys out when it matters, we're going to make a move and we're going to make it fast. You, you think this is also you know, part of his strategy? Is this part of the strategy with Kenley Jansen, too, to not not let him feel comfortable about anything this upcoming season? That, yes, you are trying to go back-to-back and grab another World Series and – that we have enough examples to know that, yeah, that closing spot, um, it is up in the air. It should be up in the air. And you have to go, you have to convince the organization, Dave Roberts, you know, saying this himself, you have to convince me that there's a reason why I'm going to give you that position again down the road. 
and you shouldn't feel comfortable. I mean, w- would you say that this is maybe from a strategic perspective, this is part of his strategy on, on Kenley Jansen? I, I think that's part of it for sure. I, but I think that I think what he does is far more important than what he says. And what he did last year, and then you go back to the series against the Padres where Kenley was dodging bullets. Now, thankfully, he didn't kick any, but he got very, very – it was more – he got really lucky. As you thought it was going to happen again. It, it was happening. Yeah. The ball just ended up going to the right places. Yeah. That sometimes that happens, and mm-hmm. you, you get lucky. And then we got into the World Series, and you had that absolute meltdown of a game. I believe it was game four or five where he got lit up. He couldn't get anybody out. And then when it came out around again, he used Urias, and he Kenley was never anywhere near the ball game. And, and I think that's what you're going to see again. I think part of the smoke that he's blowing right now, Dave talking about Kenley, is – Maybe they think they can find somebody that'll take him. Maybe they think that they can find a move that if he continues to look like this and they continue to say he's our guy, he's our guy, he's our guy, somebody will bite. I don't think so, but that's that's got to be a part of it as well because I, I two, one of two things is happening. He's either not being entirely honest when he says he's our guy, we're going to go into the season with him as our guy, or B, he doesn't have a plan B, which is managerial malpractice. And, and Dave, Dave's a good manager. D- Dave knows what he's doing. So there's no way he's going in there thinking, well, we'll just run Kenley out there. We're, we got that covered. I guarantee you he has a plan B in his back pocket. Doesn't it seem like, too, for Dave Roberts and different, maybe different moments as manager of the Dodgers, um, you, I don't want to say you feel like you're backed into a corner. So he's like, no, no, that's my guy. Right? No, Kershaw's my guy. I don't care what's happened in the past. I don't care the predicament of the situation. Kershaw's my guy. I feel like coming into this year, uh, he's got so many options. And, you know, you should take him by his word, right? If if Kenley Jansen is having a great regular season and he's showing that whatever uh, whatever had slowed him down, he, he's got past it. He actually looks as good as he ever has. Then I think he's going to give him the opportunities to do it. And if he doesn't, why would why would Dave Roberts hesitate to say, okay, i got to take a different route here. We're just trying to win games. Yeah, Nothing I, personal. It's... I always worry about the, oh, he's my guy. I want to go down with my guy. Didn't, but wasn't that Dave Roberts? Wouldn't you describe that with him in the past? 100%. And and I don't know if he needs to do that anymore. Like, hopefully he learned from his mistakes. He didn't do it last year. That's why I think Kenley's not the guy because, you know, he went down with this guy, Kershaw, who knows how many times. Mm -hmm. He went down with this guy, Kenley, uh, how many times before? And then it was last year, it's, I'm not doing this again. I, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, but if I do, I don't give a damn. I'm gonna—he's not coming in the game. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go down with a new guy. For instance, if the Lakers get into the, the the finals again, right, and it's coming down, and they're down a bucket, and you say, "Well, I'm gonna give it to LeBron James." Let's say LeBron gets off just a terrible shot or whatever, dribbles it off his foot or whatever it is. No one's gonna be saying, "Well, he didn't earn it," because he's been earning it every moment up until this point. He mm-hmm. is your guy. He mm-hmm. should have the ball. He should be the guy to take that shot. Kenley Jansen isn't that guy anymore. He he no longer has earned it, and getting a bunch of guys out that wear number 84 in spring training doesn't impress me all that much. Yeah, you could look at, just use a Laker example. Um, I'm just going to throw this out there. Let's say Dennis Schroeder is not having a good game or a good playoff run or whatever the case is. I don't mm-hmm. think he's guaranteed locked to be in the lineup. Right. Right? And I don't think 
you know, if Montrez Harrell is having an awful game, or Kuzma, Kuzma is a perfect example. Kuzma's having a bad game. I don't think I don't think some of these guys are locked into being there, and that's just using that as an example for Dave Roberts and Kenley Jansen. All right, one more ask Slee. They're still coming in. Slee, yeah, apparently. what do we got? This is uh, another one from Francis. He says, "Were your jeans from a Costco bin like Trav's or an <laughs> actual clothing store?" Hashtag Ask Slee. <laughs> I could see you through the Costco bin, just kind of going through everything. <laughs> and just kind of picking them up, right? And you're looking at them and maybe putting them towards your, you know, towards your waistline. You're like, yep, these are the ones. Nope. These nope. are the ones. You're, you're kind of close. You, you've got about 85% of it right. Mm-hmm. So I'll, every once in a while, I'll be wandering through Costco and like, oh, that, that shirt doesn't look bad or that, that pair of shorts doesn't look bad. I could, I could do something like that. But you immediately have to dig all the way to the bottom of the stack because mm. that's where they keep the things with multiple X's on them. They're, they're not at the top. They keep the regular sizes at the top. The ones with the more than one X is buried at the very bottom. So you go straight to the bottom of the stack. Only Costco do you get a toaster, a good bottle of wine, some rotisserie chicken, and jeans. Like and you literally, you just did everything. Whatever you need. Every, it's all there. Don't forget the coffin. That you, you can get a coffin and a washing machine, too. So you're, you're covered no matter what, what stage of life you're in from diapers right until the, the end of the line. I went uh, a week ago. Went a week ago to Costco. And uh, the same thing, product display only. Remember we were talking about these samples? Man, sure. devastating. Just devastating to walk through. The lady is there, too. She's so nice. She's like, this is on sale right now, this Atlantic salmon that you could put on a cracker, all that. I'm just <laughs> In my head, I'm like, this, is, this isn't helping me. I don't want to buy it. I want to sample it. It's a tease, and it's it's a, it's a very effective one. But look, if you let me eat four or five salmon covered crackers, I'm good. Lady, then yeah, maybe I'm good. I maybe I will buy it. But with zero, you're just you're stringing me along. If it's I get four work. or five salmon crackers, I'm good. I'm good till next time I come back to Costco. All right, Slee. So here's what we're gonna do next. Okay. We we're talking a little bit about the Dodgers, and it got me to thinking. It's Clayton Kershaw's 33rd birthday today. Is he one of the great Dodgers of all time? And really, if he is or is not, who else should be on the list? And just kind of open it up to everything Dodger-related. We're going to pick our favorite things Dodgers. We'll throw it out to the listeners as well. 877-710-ESPN. That's coming up next on Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Slee, what is going on with your Aztecs? They got them right where they want them. What, I don't know what you're talking about. They do know that if they lose tonight, the season's over, right? It's best of five. They're getting blown out. They are getting blown out. They're down 26 in the I second hate, half. By the way, there's nothing worse than, you know, you get your school. Obviously, it's a Mountain West Conference. And you go into some of these tournaments, and, you know, the first thing you look at is, okay, is the, is the school you're going to play, are they from a good conference do they play really good competition, even if they're not having that good of a season? Are they mm-hmm. playing really good competition night in, night out? When I saw it came out, I'm like, Syracuse? Out of all freaking teams, Syracuse? Yeah. Syracuse, you know how we were both saying we don't follow much of what's going on right now in college? Right. If Syracuse had a number two next to them, I wouldn't even hesitate. I'd be like, oh, no. yeah, it's Syracuse. Yeah, of course. Well, Jim Beheim knows how to get his team ready. They're, they're going to make a run in the tournament fairly frequently. So Yeah, uh, tournament's over. Bad news. Yeah, for you it is. Yeah. My Gauchos play tomorrow at I'll be room for them. 
Oh, breaking news. UC Santa Barbara just beat uh, Cal State Fullerton 9-2 to in college baseball. That's uh, There you go. All right, so let's go to uh, – Here's the idea, Slee. Okay. Clayton Kershaw, 33 mm-hmm. years old today. Any list of the greatest Dodgers ever has to include Clayton Kershaw. So with that in mind, we're each going to pick five of our favorite Dodger things, and we're going to have Jesse run the show. So Jess. Okay, and it, it is anything. So anything. it could be it could be anything. anything. Okay, anything and, and, and we're doing this, uh, we're doing this uh, snake draft, right? It's a snake draft. There, there it go. is. Yeah, <laughs> yes. that's exactly what it is. Perfect. What do you got, Jess? Did Morales oh, do that right. live? Yes, he, he, he sneaked his way in here. He's in here hiding somewhere. <laughs> okay. Oh, there he is again. Um, so uh, let's 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 feel more at baseball home. So let's let's bring in that that. Yes, there it is. Oh, I can't wait to hear this live again. So no basically, you know, Sliwa said it, anything. So from waking up in the morning of a day where you know you're going to go to a Dodger game to the moment you're there in line buying the Dodger dog, anything Dodger related with the Dodger culture. With the front office players, anything Dodger related, uh, we need. So a this coin is our draft. Flip. So we're we're basically doing a draft right here. Um, okay, do you have a coin over there? I forgot to get one, but uh, we can get one right now. Credit, Craig, can you grab a right, coin? Let, flip? Let's do this. Let's, uh, let's do this. Trav, Trav you go 10? first. You want? Okay, oh, you want yeah, to go, 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 go one through ten. Go, go one through ten. <laughs> All right, Jesse, you got a number one through ten. Uh, just get, I have one. Get a number what in is your it? head. Okay, right. go ahead. It is it. I'll take four. I'll take seven. Oh, wow. Good job. It was seven. All right, All right seven. So okay, so pick. I got the first pick. Yep. Now, do I have to take the first pick or can I... You can, can defer if you want. Actually, no, no, no. I think I got to take the first pick. <laughs> okay, I'm going... Uh, I'll take I'll take Vince Scully. That's my number one pick. <sighs> Hard to argue otherwise. Um, it is just a, a very, very difficult thing to overcome i was really hoping that the number was going to be four because i wanted to take vince scully number one it is uh well it, 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 just let me let me just kind of sum this up i already took him <laughs> <laughs> uh, well you're right all right so i get the next two okay i get, get the, next the next two, two. Yep. um i'm gonna take for my first pick okay and this is this may come as very not much of a surprise at all to anybody that's listened to the show for the last couple of months mm-hmm. i'm gonna take a dodger dog number one so, because when you go to a Dodger game, you need to get a Dodger dog. That's just the way that you do it. You get a couple can, Dodger can I, dogs. Can I tell you something? Yeah, go ahead. At times when it comes to food, right? There are a lot of times you say that's a rookie move, Slee. Uh-huh. Trav, this is a rookie move. I'll explain in a little bit. It's okay, a that's rookie fine. move, but we'll, we'll keep fine. going. Okay. Do- so, I'm going to take a Dodger dog as my number one. And then number two, I'm going to take Dodger Stadium itself. Just mm, the, that's just a good one. Where, where it sits, the yeah. way that it overlooks the city, yeah. the way that it overlooks the mountains, the way that the sun sets, the entire thing about it. It's been here since the 1960s. It hasn't changed a whole bunch. Yeah. They've upgraded a bunch of things. It still looks as perfect as it ever has. So I'm going to take Dodger Stadium with my number two pick. Okay, so I'll go Tommy Lasorda. You can have him. And I'll go. It's <laughs> good. Guy bleeds Dodger blue. What, what more do you want? Um, and then I'll go. I've been told not to. Never, never mind. Okay, Tommy Lasorda. And then why, why Tommy? Give me, give me a little bit. Uh, he's just when you think of Dodgers baseball, you think of Tommy Lasorda. Very so true. And, and even, even you know, up until he passed away, and up until COVID, right? You go to a Dodgers game. And Lasorda is either there or they're playing some kind of. Cl- I mean, it's just like it's nostalgic with with Dodger Stadium. It's nostalgic with the Dodgers. He embodied baseball, mm-hmm. and the Dodgers specifically. Mm-hmm. But just his. I, I don't. I don't want to say how this sound cruel because I don't mean it like that. But just his little 
his body, like his portly little body. Yeah, yeah. Go out there and just the way that he looked, it was like a caricature of a baseball manager and him sticking his finger in people's faces. It was awesome. <laughs> All right, I'll go. Now, this one, I, I I don't know how to play this one. So if I go Jackie Robinson with my third pick, how do we do that? Because that's so, Brooklyn, so well, see, that's we the take thing. it out? I, I think he has to be out because okay. I think that if we're doing Brooklyn – He's obviously a very high pick, but this is L.A. Dodger. Okay, how about this then? What if I go, hmm, this changes a lot here. You know what? I'm going to go I'm gonna go Fernando Valenzuela. Oh, go Valenzuela. No. That was literally my next guy. That's yeah. a very good pick. Yeah. So you are probably not old enough to remember Fernando Mania. I was like 10 years old when he first started showing up, and it was nothing. Covered his like first a- game. It was like nothing I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm-hmm. This dude shows up from Mexico. He's 19 years old. No one <laughs> knows who he is, he's right? He's man, just right? he's got long hair mm-hmm. and he's a little round and he's got this goofy little screwball and all of a sudden it's I think it was Jerry Royce was supposed to pitch opening day and he can't go and they're like, oh, "Just have Fernando do it." He goes out there and he throws a shutout. And then he throws another one and another one and another one. He goes to the All-Star game. He wins the Cy Young, the Rookie of the Year. And he took the city by storm. Mm. It was such a cool moment, and I hate you for taking Fernando. Okay, this is what we're doing, just so everybody uh, out there understands. We're doing a little uh, Dodger draft here. It could be any type of Dodger. Uh, right now, I have Vince Scully, Tommy Lasorda, and Fernando Valenzuela. Uh, Travis has um, – what did you take with your first pick? Dodger Dog. Oh, Dodger Dog and Dodger Stadium. Yes. Yeah, you're not messing around. Okay. No, I got two good ones. All right, so I get the next two. Yeah. I'm going to take Clayton Kershaw. Okay. On his 33rd birthday, I'm Mm going to take Clayton. And and I'll I'll be honest, he was probably – had we done this a year ago, Slee? Mm -hmm. I ain't taking him. Not because he's not awesome. Not because he's not going to the Hall of Fame. Not because he isn't arguably the greatest Dodger pitcher of all time. I understand. he, He probably is. But I understand. But it's different now, man. He mm-hmm. said that's not me saying that. He said it. He's mm-hmm. talking about how different it is that he finally got that World Series championship. So I'm going to take Clayton Kershaw. Um, I'm going to go back here, and then you ready? This is this is going to send you for a loop. I'm going to take the Kirk Gibson home run in 1988. Take it. I'm going to take Kirk Gibson off of Eckersley in 1988. Now it's one of the uh, obviously greatest moments in baseball history. Okay, so that one is that one's gone. So yep. I got I got two more picks left. Two more. Okay, I'm gonna go. This one's tough. I don't know which one to do. I'm gonna go Walter. Uh, I'm gonna go Walter O'Malley. Okay, good. Because yeah. he brought the Dodgers to L.A. from Brooklyn. Okay. So that's obviously a key, key moment. I, I didn't know to go with uh, the current ownership group or go with the individual that brought the Dodgers from I like Brooklyn. your pick. Okay. I like your pick. Yeah, that's that's hard to argue with because without him, there are, there are no L.A. Dodgers. Okay, final one for me. Steve Sachs. Raul <laughs> <Wow>, Mondesi. <laughs> El Canyon. His <laughs> okay. kid's pretty good, by the way. All right, listen. This is what I'm going with. So you said the Dodger dog. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been to the San Manuel Dugout Club? Do you know what uh, I'm talking about, yes or no? Is that the one in the right field pavilion? No. No. Okay, hit me. All right. So we used to get these tickets. we take clients to some of these Dodger games, right? Yeah, that's a sales guy thing. We didn't get any uh, nice stuff like that's that. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> San Manuel Dugout Club. 
first of all, you know if you're at Dodger Stadium and all of a sudden there's somebody, you show them your ticket and they start kind of escorting you down. I'm like, I don't know where we're going. I don't know what's going on here, <laughs> right? You get down and Trav, you walk in and it's just this full spread like nothing you've ever seen before. Let's just say Dodger Dogs, yeah, they're there. But I got the prime rib guy cutting up some prime ribs. If I want bratwurst, there's a whole bratwurst section down over there. Keep I'm talking. looking for desserts, every dessert you could think of, ice cream. I, By the way, this is all before I even get outside. Once I get outside, then there's Cracker Jacks and everything else. And then I walk to my seat. So the only reason why I didn't say Dodger Dog is because this freak – it's like the Lexus Club for Staples Center. <laughs> yeah, that's nice too. This, this San Manuel uh, dugout club. The last time I was there was, remember when LeBron was taking on the Warriors, game one, where he had that 52-8-8 eight and eight or whatever it was? Uh-huh. Do you know what I'm talking about? It was game one against Kevin Durant and the Warriors. Yep. I sat inside this dugout club watching LeBron in the championship and then walking outside, going to my seat, watching an inning or two, coming back, eating again. It was... It's a good place at Dodger Stadium. <laughs> it sounds pretty good. It's a good place it sounds at pretty Stadium. that's that's a very good choice, the uh, dugout club. All right, so I had a few extra things on my list here before I make my final pick. These are the things that did not make the cut. Okay. Okay. Sandy Koufax, close, but I already have a left handed pitcher, so I don't need another mm. one. Got it. I'm going with Kershaw there. Um I considered the Kulaku. It was that ice cream sandwich with the cookies uh-huh. covered in chocolate. That's Hard a good one. That's a good I one. I considered the frozen carnation malt that would come out of that bag that the guy had slung over his shoulder. This guy has 11 was, foods on his list, on a top was, five list. By the way, that carnation malt would come out at a temperature of roughly 9,000 degrees below zero. Mm. It was the consistency of a diamond. You had to wait nine innings before that little wooden spoon would even begin to get into the actual ice cream itself. So you that, got it that, in the first inning. You ate it on your way home. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that uh, ice cream uh, right now so I can eat it by the eighth inning as I'm walking to the parking lot. But uh, So all of those things just missed. I almost took Hershiser because he was uh, – mm integral to when the the Dodgers were winning their last championship prior to this most recent one. But since you usurped my uh, Fernando Valenzuela choice, because Mm -hmm. that was where I was going next, I want something similar but different. You also have a broadcaster. I don't have a broadcaster. You have a Hall of Fame broadcaster. I want a Hall of Fame broadcaster. So I'm going to take Jaime Harin Mm. as my last choice. There you go. He's been the voice of the Dodgers for (laughs) <laughs> nearly as long as Vince Scully wow. was, has done just as good of a job as Vince Scully has done. And by the way, I don't say that about anybody. Mm. And Jaime Arrien has been doing that for such a long time, so he gets my fifth and final spot. That's my go. Vince Scully. There it is. Yeah, well, he is for a lot of people in this city, Jess, for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Right? I remember growing up listening to KWKW 1330, and he would say it with the, the smoothest and just listening. To, I would listen to Dodger games in Spanish before I ever listened to him in radio I mean, in English. So Jaime Harin is definitely up there. Like I, I like him more than, than Vince Scully just because it brings me back to when I would listen on the radio with my dad. He had this big van. I would just hang out in the back and just listen to the radio. You know, Trav, uh, you know, you mentioned Fernando Valenzuela. So, you know, it's interesting, too, is remember he made his – came down to San Diego, too. And, and the way he – obviously, it wasn't like it was um, up up here for the Dodgers. But that dude, his tentacles were all of Southern California. Yeah. No, he – well, he it, it was like nothing we'd ever seen. You yeah. know, it, it's hard to rem- – 
we see stuff so frequently, and we see everything now, so you get to see all these. But Fernando was unique when he showed. And he was a kid. Mm-hmm. Now we see kids show up all the time. At that point, you know, you wouldn't show up to the big leagues till you're 25 years old a lot of times. And this guy is a pup, and he's just out there absolutely carving guys. All right, we're going to put that up on social. You're going to get a chance to vote for which of those two lists you like better. But coming up next – what did we miss? What on our drafts should we have put in there? 877-710-ESPN, at Travis Rogers, at Alan Sliwa. Send us what we missed. That's coming up next. Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Chris might have given up bread, but he uh, has not forsaken bacon. I was talking with him today. You don't want to know how much bacon Chris is eating on a daily basis, Slee. Why? Was he he's doing on a, He's keto? on a program. Instead of going to Pizza Hut, he's eating bacon at his house. I, I, did, I did keto for a while. Yeah? What is that? I've heard people, is that just no carbs? Predominantly no carbs, a lot of high in fat too. So like you'll oh, okay. eat uh you'll eat meals that are, you know, much higher in fat, I guess you can say. But uh man, all those programs, Trav, so tough to stick with. How do yeah. you stick with any of those? Well, how do you stick with any of those and without eventually just saying, I gotta have a freaking sandwich and then you well, have a sandwich? Especially the ones that eliminate the carbs because all the good things are carbs, like potatoes and bread and tortillas and rice and beans. That's that's the best stuff in the world. So they have they have keto bread too, which is actually not bad. It's not like significantly different than, you know, bread you're cousin. It's different, of course it is, but it's not yeah. significantly different. But you uh you did Pizza Hut and did no bread for well, yeah. It's, it's like a it's buffet. A, it's what's a life hack, I think, is what they call those things. That's uh, that's what I've got going on. All right, so we had a couple of things that we missed, apparently, Slee, coming in okay, what on we miss? Twitter. Here's one from Paul. Okay. It says, you missed the one guy at Dodger Stadium that would grab the beach ball and pop it, then get booed, and you'd be so happy that he did it instead of you. No, I, I uh, isn't that like one of the most disappointing things where when it happens that you're like, why, why did that just happen? Let everybody just hit a beach. Ball. They're hitting a beach ball. It's not like yeah, anybody's. Uh, I don't know. When it goes from when it goes from the top level and it kind of works its way down, it's a. No, you got to work it. It's got to got to work it up. Well, right? that's not it easy. It starts at the bottom, and that's why it's much harder to work it on its way right, up. And but you want to keep it away from the usher. I get that. But I'm saying like that's that's actually one of the most entertaining things at, at any of these sporting events. It's just this. It's so ridiculous, but yet it's attractive to watch. It, it it oddly is, but I do like it when the usher finally gets it and sticks it with his pen or whatever yeah. and just immediately ruins everybody's he, fun. I kind of dig and that. And he has a look on his face of the guy that you would imagine would do that. Well, he's the neighbor that calls the cops on the party. That's the way that's the way that, that goes. I, I'll, but I will say I'll this, too. I'll call the neighbors. I'm not much of a participator in – arena slash ballpark activities i'm not going to do the wave with you i'm not gonna i'm not gonna high five random people in the seats it's just not i'm I'm gonna mind my own business you mind yours i've seen you get uh face painted it was uh (laughs) opening day was in the kids area i've seen you get a full face paint (laughs) Little little L.A. on over my eye, like the one of the guys. It was 104 kiss. degrees on a day game. 
You, oh, my yeah. God. So that's another one of those things that sucks about getting a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Those day games when you're nine years old and you're just swigging lemonades and Cokes all mm-hmm. day, you're fine. As an adult, after about three innings, your face is about to explode into flames. And you're like – and the number one thing you do when you're going to a day game is like – um. What side of the ballpark are we sitting on? Because if I'm on the first base side, I'm out. I need, I need to be on the third base side. For Trev, I, I remember this. This was um, back when I was interning. Remember back in the extra sports days? Okay? Sure. Philly oh, Billy Warrendell. I know. Well, Philly yeah. Billy and Steve Hartman, mm-hmm. right? At the time, the loose cannons. Sure. So down, down in San Diego, they used to have, I don't know who what who sold this contract, Okay. <laughs> But they would broadcast live from Qualcomm Stadium outside in the parking lot. Their show was noon to 3. The game doesn't start till 7. Why are they broadcasting out there from noon to 3? And Hartman would just lose it. He's like, why the hell are we out here? You look at the asphalt, you just see the steam coming up. (laughs) Yeah, that's not a bad deal. That's That's a bad deal for sure. All right, one more here. Um... Let's see. Rick Monday is the greatest Dodger ever for that one time he saved the flag. Disagree with me so that we can confirm your true hippie, possibly communist ways. <laughs> well, I'm neither a hippie nor a communist. That was, you know, it's an iconic moment. But here's the he did it at Dodger Stadium. He works for the Dodgers, hit a big home run for the Dodgers against the Expos in 1981, is a broadcaster for the Dodgers right now. He's a member of the Cubs when he did that. Hmm. So there, walk off. So that doesn't count. All right. So we saw Lamelo last night, yeah. right? What'd you think? What was your was? What'd you think of his play? You ready? You were I, underwhelmed. No, the opposite. Hmm. I I wanted to be. I I wanted. Why? I wanted why? Why, to, why did you want to be I, underwhelmed? I, I find the balls deeply off-putting. Lavar. I don't think the kids. Why? Well, at least at least Lonzo and. Lamelo to you, me. You know, you're right. You're right. It's Lavar that I find off-putting. Um, I, I don't have a problem with him being an advocate for his kids. Obviously, that, that's I just I just stylistically, it's not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I just had a bad taste in my mouth from the Lonzo experiment here because when they drafted him, like this, has anybody ever watched him play? This is this is not the second coming of Magic Johnson. This is not going to be what everybody thinks it is. And turns out, at least at the beginning, I was right, but. You know who went third? Look, yes, I'm well aware of Jason mm-hmm. Tatum's mm-hmm. In, in Boston, and I, and I just say that because he's that's he's the real thing. That's real. Yeah. No, he's deal. the real thing. Mm-hmm. He's going to be an all star in the NBA for ten years. No question but, about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean he's just he's just one of those guys. Lamelo's really good. Mm. He's he's really really good. Um, I was very impressed. And you know, and the thing that made me think of Lonzo when I was watching him is. You wonder if Lonzo would have gone somewhere else that wasn't the Lakers, that wasn't in his backyard, mm-hmm. that wasn't you know with the, a team that at the time had not had success for the better part of ten years and really was desperate to have not just success but have a star. And Lonzo just wasn't ready for that. He Did just, not have not magic sort of in a press conference saying, oh, uh, what a "Yeah, save some of my records, and you yeah. know, one day you'll be up. Uh, your your jersey will be up at Staples Center." I mean, those types of things for any player. Right, I mean, oh. for any player, and, and and I think as a point guard coming out of Magic Johnson's mouth, and he's saying that about you. I mean, we talked about LeBron and Tiger and Serena and having to live up to expectations. I mean, the greatest point guard of all time says, "Oh, go break all my records, and we're going to hang your jersey next to mine." Good luck, man. Mm-hmm. 
So I listen. Th- this was my initial thoughts on Lamelo. Um, I guess I just didn't know. That's the first time I've ever seen him live. It's not like I'm watching you know much of his games or anything like that. But there's a, definitely a curiosity. Like, well, what is this kid all about? He's a little all over the place. You know, there is no kind of a herky jerky style. Like you can't really. It's not the. It's not the smoothest player that you're going to watch. But this dude in the next couple of years, I like how competitive he is. I like that everything's about winning. I like that, you know, Charlotte would go down 15 and they'd come all the way back. He would hit some big shots. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think he's going to be a great player. Do you, do you ever – I we actually put this out yesterday on Twitter. Do, do you want to see – would you want to see Lonzo – and by the way, there's some rumors about Lonzo uh, with the Clippers. Yeah, how about that? Um, would you want to see Lonzo, Lamella? Would you, would you want to see these two together? I have no interest in that. I'm I all mean. in. Yeah, I mean, I, I, if it happened, I wouldn't hate it, but it's not something that, oh, wouldn't it be good? Lonzo's not good enough. LaMelo is. If LaMelo was – if Lonzo was on the same level as LaMelo, then it would be interesting to – A, you'd have two really good players playing together, and B, they happen to be brothers. The problem is your stock's too high on Lonzo. Bring your stock down. and <laughs> No, I'm, I'm honest. Like, he's not a bad player. The expectations of what people thought he would be were so unrealistic. You know what yeah. I mean? If he was picked no, 15th sure. and he went to the Sacramento market or the Phoenix Suns or something along those lines, he'd have much better opportunity just to be himself and grow in the NBA. Well, you, you said it a second ago, talking about LaMelo, you're, you, and you said, you know, I don't spend a ton of time watching him. Well, why would you? He's on the Charlotte Hornets, right? The, the Charlotte Hornets, they're, they're actually okay. They're not a bad team, but they're not must-see TV. You know, they're, they're not a team that the Lakers could potentially play in the finals. Mm-hmm. They're not, it's a team that the Lakers play twice a year. It's kind of a throwaway time, you know, whatever. It doesn't really matter all that much. If Lonzo had had that opportunity, like you said, to go to a team where it wasn't, okay, be Magic Johnson and do it tonight, and, and you had somebody screaming at the top of their lungs saying he is the next Magic Johnson. Y'all, you, you know, they're ruining my son. It's like, no, they're not. He's not ready for this yet. You know, you know what's unfortunate is I think you fall in the category as a lot of other people. LeVar Ball has turned you off to two good players, I think, in the NBA that, no, I don't know if they're going to be all-stars tomorrow, but – Lavar has had that type of Lavar has had that type of impact on on fans. I mean, I had somebody call me in a post game show and they were going off on on the Ball brothers. I'm like, why are you going off on them? I mean, if if you're annoyed with anybody, be annoyed with the dad. Don't be annoyed at the kids. Yeah, it's hard to say. You're right. I'll just leave it at that. You're right, but it, it's it's a little bit challenging because you, you when somebody's screaming at hype, you can't help but go, "We'll see." See, hmm. you know, it's it's immature. It, it's not right. It's unfair that I, I would love to see, you know, maybe if he can't like you mentioned that Lonzo has some interest from the Clippers. If he comes in here and maybe it's a little bit too much of the same old stuff that he's back in L.A. and could all be the, all the mm-hmm. noise about well he's back and he's going to show the Lakers that they screen all that stuff that comes along with it. But he could be a useful player on a good team. But I just don't know if the spotlight that comes along with that is what he – because I never got the sense – when they drafted him, I was doing Laker pre and post too. Yeah. And and, and it was – you could tell he, he just really didn't love the attention that was coming along with it. He, he could tell he was a little uncomfortable with all of it. And now that he's in New Orleans and Zion sucks all the attention out of sure, the room. Sure, sure. Brandon Ingram is, you know, quote-unquote the best player on the team, that he can just kind of go about his business. He's, he's knocking down threes. He's playing a little bit better. He's become a, a, a very useful NBA player, and that's not a bad thing. But 
throwing him back in the mix in L.A. would be really interesting. Mark Stein uh, put out that tweet per New York Times. Clippers with a well-chronicled uh, need for a playmaking upgrade are exploring trade routes to acquiring New Orleans' Lonzo Ball before next Thursday's NBA trade deadline, Lord, uh, league sources tell um, Mark Stein. Uh, I guess they're going to probably have – they'd have to add a third team to it. Okay. And, um, you know, we're less than a week now to find out what happens in the trade deadline buyout market. Lock the Lakers still do happen. anything? You know, I, I've been banking on if they could try to get Andre Drummond, mm -hmm. and I know there's probably three or four other teams banking on the same exact thing. I think it's going to be incredibly difficult for the Cavs to trade him. So then it just comes down to which team does he want to play for? Right. I mean, Michael said this. Michael, and he said if Drummond ends up with the Nets, you might as well just start giving them their championship. I'm like, Jesus. I don't know about that. Look, Michael, Michael has got a better feel for this stuff than I do. But anytime somebody starts stacking pieces like that and they get all the pieces, it's like, eh. That's a good piece. It, that, it's a that, great piece. That's a good big man. I'm going to come in here, grab rebounds. That's the one thing they need to. I still feel like the other shoe is going to drop on that at some point. And by the other shoe, I mean Kyrie because he'll his deal will become a thing at one point or another. You know what it's time to do next, Lee? Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, I do. It is. It's time for the dump. That's coming up next. <laughs> Just the way you say ESPN. it. The way you say it. I like it. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Wait, Chris says that, Slee, makes me laugh. Every time I say it and I'm looking at you through our little uh, Zoom chat here. It's like, you a, disappointed, kinda, you're, you're, like you're a disappointed, like a disappointed face. And your shoulders come up a little bit. I I like how uncomfortable it makes you. Yeah. That's uh that's like how... a, like the city dump, like where you put all the trash, right? All the stuff that goes out there. Don't don't make it something that And, and there's actually a long laundry list of uh of stuff we got here. We got a lot of stuff. Okay. Let's start with this. Tiger Woods mm -hmm. is home. Remember he got badly injured in that car accident right here uh in Palos Verdes and was taken to the hospital, uh put back together. Uh he he somehow got into the hospital, out of the hospital and all the way back to his home in Florida without anybody ever getting a picture of him. But good news that Tiger's back home. Isn't that something, by the way? Um, you mentioned this, I think, a week ago, how little we heard about Tiger, right? How little we heard through this entire process. I mean, at the end of the day, I know he's such a big name, such a polarizing figure. Um, I don't need to see any photos. I don't, it's just as long as we hear that he's progressing and he's uh, hopefully putting himself in, his, in a position down the road, which we still don't know what that is or what that could look like, but I'm, I'm rooting for him. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I, I am too, and I hope he's able to do whatever it is he wants to do. If that's play golf, then great. I'd love to see him play golf again. If it's not, then I can hope he just live his life. But like you said, I don't need to see those terrible pictures of so – I don't I, – Here's a little I hate that stuff. By the I way, that that's the one thing I both. cannot stand. I I any sort of injury, I I'm out. I don't want to see it at all. That being said, I mean, we got pictures of Tiger Woods walking down the street in his sex addiction clinic years ago that, mm -hmm. that and that was when I'm assuming he was trying like hell to not get photographed that some 
you know, but but Travis, Trav, even that somebody is, didn't get a picture of even, it is remarkable. Even that is all too much for me. Like just the, and I know this is L.A. and it's the paparazzi and it's all that. But that stuff's. I mean, can you just imagine what people? What they go through to get some of these photos and the amount of money being thrown around to say, yup, do this, spy here, look through this tree and this bush. I, Yeah, that's not for me. All right, here's another one. Let's move on to this one. It was this week in yeah. 1967, that would be 54 years ago, that the Pirates of Caribbean debuted at Disneyland. Where you would go down the little water slides, oh, splash, yeah. hey, yo-ho, yo-ho, this song right here, right? I have a fun fact for you guys after, too. What do you have? Hit me, Curtis. I didn't know this until... So I used to work at Disneyland uh, six, six, seven years ago. Uh, I found out my grandfather was an electrician on the Pirates Caribbean ride and has a, a signed little coin in the treasure area. No kidding. Where, like, when you go down and like, all the all the loot is displayed? Yeah. When they it's built, his description on Twitter. When they, when they built... Yeah. <laughs> when they built the ride, everybody, like, signed... Uh, under some props and stuff, so apparently my uh, great grandfather's worked on. I like so. that. That I didn't is know a good that, one. And this wasn't planned today, so it was also the last attraction that Walt Disney personally oversaw before his death. Wait, is Disneyland open again? When yeah, is and, end, and, of end, end of next month. End of next month. End of next this month. Is the first time open. they've ever been closed longer than three days, and it's been like a year. Uh, listen, a year. we all we all know that that is uh, it's a cool ride. Um, it served hey. its purpose. What's your favorite sleep? At the end of the day, uh, we all know Space Mountain is the best ride at Disneyland. No, don't give me that look, Trav. I know what that no, look no, it's is. No, no, it's a good answer. I like that answer. Yeah? Yeah, but it's not the answer. It's it's fine. Like, if you're telling me, hey, we're going to go your, on Space Mountain. It's in your Mountain. top top 10. Oh, okay. oh, no, it's top, I'd say it's top I'm kidding. five. All right, what, what's, your, what, what's your number one? You're going you're gonna to look at me like I'm crazy, but there's mm-hmm. a method to my madness. You ready? Okay. It's the train that circles the entire park. Oh, 100% with you there, Travis. Right. right? So, it, Jess, I don't know if this is why you like it as much as I do, but A, from to go like from Main Street all the way around with all the stops. And yeah, no, you should just take Amtrak. Take Amtrak. <laughs> Same but thing. It's like 20 minutes. It's called a and, monorail. And you can actually sit, and you don't have to do anything, mm-hmm. and it's kind of cool, and it's shady, and it's nice. And if you got kids that are crawling all over the place all day, it's nice for 20 minutes to just be able to sit and do nothing, and they're entertained, and they look at you know the Old West scene and the dinosaurs and all that stuff. So the train is the proper answer. That, I would say probably that's uh, – I think that was 18th on my list. I, I have it right here, <laughs> but, 18th. But, see, you don't have kids. But when you have kids, we're going to redo this list, and I guarantee you – train will be near the top of the list i mean pirates is a good good uh ride for that too because it's a long slow ride in the dark so what one other thing too you're right about both of those things but there's another thing that pirates has that's in short supply at disneyland but it's huge the drop air conditioning oh yes <laughs> and the smell he can't you can't yeah. let go of that smell that it, smell it, yeah when the kids uh when i do have kids we're going on space mountain again okay i don't want to hear it <laughs> i don't want to hear it all of Dad you that are crying, go we're going rocket. on Space Mountain again. I like that. What else? Do you Guys, what do you have? You have the train. We have Space Mountain. Curtis and Jess, what do you have? Oh, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad for sure. It's a good one. Kind of loud. One. A lot of screaming. My, mine's with a caveat. Indiana Jones when it's working, which is almost never. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. That ride's probably does, down a lot. No, nobody wants a piece of the Tiki Room? Great air conditioning in the Tiki Room. That does room. have great air conditioning. I want a Dole Whip now. Don't do that. And me. you can get a Dole Whip. See, Curtis gets me. He knows exactly where I was going. Dole Whip and air conditioning. And oh, by the way, maybe you sit in twice because you're not really feeling like going back out to the rest of the world again. There, there was a ride here, I would do that. At all the lists here. I was almost a Jungle Cruise skipper. 
<laughs> really? Oh man, I'd pay yeah, to see that. Can we make that happen? So I don't okay. end up going there. All right, Curtis. Here, I'm going to put you on the spot. You ready? Yeah. Give me your best backside of water joke. I mean, none of them are good. It's all just backside <laughs> of water. Perfect joke. There you go. All right, so let's move on. To the next item in the dump. Happy. We already wished a happy 33rd birthday to Clayton Kershaw earlier. How about a happy 66th birthday, Slee? To Bruce Willis. Are you the a man. Bruce Willis guy? Uh, I was for a little bit. You know, the diehard. How many did I end up with? I think like five, five or six or something yeah, like that. something like that. Um, First one, great. Second one, okay. And then I was out after that. A fourth one is the best one by far. <laughs> I don't remember it at all. But, I think uh, that one was live free and diehard. That was the one where he was like straight bald and had Justin Long. And it was about the... the um, the takeover with the computers it was a really weird one for him to be involved with it was like it was way too modern and with this, it was involved with his daughter too the one with his daughter um but not not like a crazy crazy uh die hard or not not a crazy bruce, bruce willis but he, he had his moment he had his time pulp fiction that's the one the, yeah. pulp, his role in pulp fiction and that's kind of an ensemble but that's the one i think of bruce willis that's the one i think of and then six cents Oh, actually, that's right. Sixth Sense was fantastic. That's a really good movie. I forgot about Sixth Sense. Yep, yep. And then we've got another birthday. This is Patrick Duffy. Does anybody other than me know who Patrick Duffy is? He turns 72. No. That would be Bobby Ewing on Dallas. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> Not right. JR, but the brother, Bobby Ewing, who uh, was not the guy that got shot. He was the guy in the shower. Nobody else remembers that other than me, right? It's okay. That's If that's your... <laughs> If that's your thing, that's your thing. Not the Dallas was a big deal in the '80s, Slee, when there was only three channels. I, and actually, like six I, I, shows. Do, I do remember how big it was, but I just never watched it. Never watched Man, it. I remember my mom and dad watched it. And that was about the end of it. We made it through another uh, edition of the. Dump what do we Slee. have? What do we have next Wednesday? Next, next Wednesday, Wednesday is our next show. Is our next show? We got okay. a bunch of Laker basketball. There's a bunch of NCAA basketball, but we will be back next Wednesday. Thanks for everybody's participation. We'll see you then.